Welcome to the Culture Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Walker, along with my co-host and brother, Ernest Childs. We're here to talk about the same old stuff we chop it up about every other day. To be real, we talk about anything, but the aim of this podcast is to have an open discussion about everything. It'll be spiritually based, but in real talk, so you won't have to worry about us sugarcoating the topics. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. And if you don't, well, there's probably somebody somewhere who think you are right. Enjoy the show. This is what it sound like when we roll in our house still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they can, they say they can't tell me what they smoking. Making waves, making waves, making real commotion. This is what it sound like when we roll in our house still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they can't tell me what they That's why I'm getting out and going reserves after this. A lot of people say like how well I acclimate to a lot of different things, how well I get a lot of guys on board with stuff. And I'm like, yeah, here I'm really good at that because I have the freedom to do it. But if I Mm -hmm. go to another base where leadership comes down with like 10 directives saying we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do this and leave little flexibility in the hands of the supervisors, I'm going to get pissed off at that. Because I don't, if that's not the, like, blanketed procedures don't go well. You need to give people the ability to dictate what is the best route of option. Like, there's there, there's a route that y'all want us to take. But if that's not the best thing to do, because if we're in a scenario and we've been in it before and we know something else could work better, you need to give those people the ability to deviate off of that or just give people room to fuck up in general. Like... Yeah, a lot of times, especially new people, they're not going to learn until they fuck up. Give them a comfortable place to fuck up where nothing bad is really going to happen. Right. That's a really good way to teach a lot of people. But, you know, a lot of people just stick to the, oh, well, the rules say this. And I think they mean this because it could still be vague and whatever. But right, it goes into what, where people come from. And some of these people come from real real white areas I, I try not to say it but you're not gonna go to a black area where they'll tell you as long as you follow the rules and keep your foot keep your feet on the straight and narrow you'll be okay you're never never gonna go to a black area and hear that or most places <laughs> it doesn't even have to be black you can go anywhere in the world you can go to spain mm-hmm. and say the same thing nobody is gonna tell you as long as you're on the straight and narrow everything's gonna be okay because that's yeah. a lie Random. That's what my man from El Salvador be doing, man. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You don't follow shit. They wild in El Salvador. (laughs) But I don't know, man. There's a lot of lot of differences um, that you make. You like you made aware of when you joined the military, especially at such a young age. First, you like like at first you don't really notice it because it's all new to you and whatnot. But as you get older and look back on the things, it's you definitely tell, like, you learn that what you grew up with is 100% different than what uh, everybody else grew up with. Yeah, and trying to stick to that, trying to stick to your own patterns and being stubborn, which some people do as adults, isn't healthy. It all needs to be a climate of just being able to acclimate to each other. 
like integration is going to come with a lot of real weird twists and turns. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are going to have to get used to black people. I fully understand that we're 13% of America. So it's very believable to run across somebody who's in the same or higher position than you, who just doesn't know how to react to black people. Like some of them, like when I went to leadership school, this one dude asked me, cause we were talking about, um, like dress and appearance rags. And he was wondering, he was like, well, if people argue about, you know, people having parts in the military, it was like, mm-hmm. what do, does anybody ever say anything to you? I was like, no, I don't have a part. It was like, no, but, but you have waves. I was like, waves and a part are two completely different things. Two different things. And, but that's the thing. He doesn't actually know. I was like, bro, you do understand all this is, is just me brushing my hair, right? And putting yeah. on a do-rag. He was like, but uh, the AFI says you're not supposed to have like, you know, this type of stylized hair. I was like. This is literally me just brushing my hair. I didn't permit. I didn't put chemicals in it. I didn't do anything to it other than take a shower, wash my hair like with normal heads and shoulders, and just brush my hair. And you have to explain that to some people that this is just the hair on my head. <laughs> like, right. And it. Weirdos. Yeah, it's. And, and that's the thing. You just got to learn how to work with some of these people. And if the opportunity comes, help them understand, you know, hey, you probably shouldn't say stuff like that because it will come across wrong. Like some uh, whenever some people would describe black people here, they'll like, well, I mean, isn't I mean, the natural nap of black people's hair. I was like, don't call it nappy. They were (laughs) like, well, that's technically I was like, no, it's coarse. Course, exactly. Like, <laughs> course, don't say that shit, man. Like, don't say it. Whenever, like, and then somebody said, "Well, I can understand why the Air Force doesn't want you know dreadlocks because dreadlocks are just so dirty." And I was just like, "What the fuck do you mean it, that dreadlocks are dirty?" They're like, "Well, you can't clean dreadlocks." I was like, "What the fuck makes you think you can't clean dreadlocks?" No fucking shit. <laughs> like, like what? What makes you think that? Now, I know when you f- first get dredged, there's a period where you just have to let the locking gel really do its magic. There is a time where you can't really do too much with it frequently. Mm-hmm. But you can wash your hair. like. And for a lot of women who get dreadlocks, they don't have to run into that problem at all because their hair is more than long enough that they just have to put the locking cream into it. And that's yeah. it. There's nothing wrong with dreadlocks at all. And the fact that the military still sees a problem with dreadlocks goes to show how culturally out of date the military is. Because there's well, nothing no. wrong with it. So the other thing is, like, for like, the male hair regulations, it's like um, you can't have it longer than, like, what, two inches? Two or four inches or something like in that. In bulk. Yeah, like, yeah, in bulk. And... I know I would always get checked for my hair if I wanted to grow my hair out to like that two inch mark or whatever. Yeah. But uh, any other anybody else, not even just white people, I mean Hispanic people too, anybody with other hair, like straighter hair, mm-hmm. wouldn't basically, you know. 
Like, I'd have the same length, even probably shorter, but because my hair is, like, nappy or whatnot, I'd be all faded up and shit like that, too, but... Oh, they they get such I, they get such a fucking thing going if you have a fade in your hair and you let the top grow out a little bit. Yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> then, last thing is just the, the way some people get jealous because black people are easier to get... Ha- have an easier time getting shaving waivers. They, I, I don't even know what to tell them because that, well, you should be able to shave just as much as me. It's like, you don't have my skin, so you can't tell me that you, there is, and it, it, it should seem obvious because for the most part in the military, nobody asks black people about their shaving waiver, unless it's like, my God, bro. I tell you the last two years of me being in the military, I did not have, <laughs> nobody asked me, <laughs> nobody asked me because they assume. Yeah, like, and even without one, I had told, when I went to Turkey, my shave waiver actually expired, like, uh, three months before I left Turkey, and they were going around actually checking for them, because they were just checking everybody's, because I think a white guy came to work, a white guy that actually had a shaving waiver, that was abiding by his shaving waiver, they were like, okay, well, if we make him show his... We just got to go through and get everybody's on file so we can stop answering because our leadership got tired of answering questions about him. Mm-hmm. So they were just going to get all of our shaving waivers and mine was actually expired. And I had told him, I was like, I just shaved like a day ago. So if I shave again, I was like, I'm going to get razor bumps. And they really had to sit down and just be like, okay, we'll, 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 we'll just answer for you because they were like, we know you just shaved and... And when you're deployed, getting a shaving waiver isn't really that easy. You have to really wait until your day off to go get it. Right. And luckily, I was able to get an appointment in sooner than later. And all they did was just update it. They were like, has it gotten any better? I was like, I mean, I'm still black. So, and they were like, yeah, that's what we figured. They're like, they just signed it and just gave it back. They're like, we don't even, we're not going to second guess. But some people will really sit there and ask, like, like I would have to explain to some people why black people have shaving waivers and just tell them, like, the way our hair naturally grows, it cur- all of it's curling. It isn't just the hair on our head. All of our hair is curling. It goes back into our skin. And just having to teach people. And at first, I used to get irritated having to teach people about my culture. But I had to grow to understand that not everybody's just gonna know especially if you've never lived in it like my uh my boy that's from burma i knew nothing about burma i didn't know burma's been in a civil war for for a long fucking time i didn't know why yo that burma's like one of the most fucked up places in the world and people don't talk about it because if you even try to record in burma that could be an extreme issue to where like they're gonna do something about it burma yeah where's that it's my Myanmar. Uh, I think uh, somewhere around there. I, I can't even tell you where on the map, what countries intersect uh, Burma, but it's one of the small Asian countries. Oh, it's by Thailand. Yeah, it's by Thailand. Yeah, it's it's so war torn, and he's he's such a humble guy. Like a great dude came over here, got his engineering degree. Um, like he's gone so far from where he was and 
me and him became real close because during graduation, his family was in Burma. So, you know, I just kind of noticed. I, like, I, I'd asked him before. I was like, hey, Ted, I was like, uh, is your family going to go? And he was like, no, they said they weren't able to buy a plane ticket because it's too far. I was like, okay, Ted, you can hang out with me and my family. Because I didn't want him just to not be with anyone. And my family still talks about him to this day. They always ask about him. I'll, I hit up Ted every now and then. I see him doing real well for himself. And yeah. I asked about his culture, just trying to understand. It. And he showed me some of the letters his mom sent him. I couldn't read any of it. Like, <laughs> it's like trying to read, like, Japanese symbols, but on a whole different level. Like, these are just flat out, like, squiggly lines and all that other stuff. I was like, man, <laughs> that is wild, Ted, but... I just, you know, he had to embrace learning a completely different culture. There's a dude at my base who came here from Beijing, and he's like 27. He has to embrace all of our culture. I'm not going to try to sit here and be, you know, all high and mighty. Like if I have to teach a couple of people, which now, luckily, the military, every everyone in the world is kind of like listening now. So all the Confederate mm-hmm. flags that are being taken down different places all the people who are now advocates of taking down like Confederate statues, all this other stuff, shit that we've been talking about. Uh huh. Now that we have a voice, it's easier to discuss with people different things. And, you know, I've always been with, I think, uh, I think we've always had a voice. It's just the information is so much easier, like to, to be passed around now. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only reason why everybody's like kind of starting to take action on shit. Yeah, because nobody wants to be labeled as a Karen now. Like nobody, no company wants like no like because cancel culture bro, is oh, a real fucking thing. It's strong. Because <laughs> nobody wants to be fucking Karen. I don't want to be fucking Karen. <laughs> so we ain't shit. But it's a good thing that those things, like it's a good and bad thing because a lot of people get canceled for things I don't think they should be getting canceled for. But uh, it's a good and bad thing. A lot of people are being a lot of bad things are being brought to light because racism was always a thing mm-hmm. in this country. Racism is a thing in the whole world, but uh, it's all being brought to light quicker and quicker now, man. Because it's like almost every day there's something new popping up. Yo, especially after. The George Floyd thing happened. More and more police footage of like people are quick to pull out their phone, which is so crazy. Because back in the day, if you would have pulled out your phone and I'm the one driving when the police come, I'm going to get incredibly pissed off at you. Because Mm -hmm. the way we're taught is be still so you have a chance at living. Every time you get pulled over, that's always our first thought. Even when the police car is coming down the street, some people are afraid they're going to get a ticket. We're afraid of running into the wrong cop. And that's just the reality we've always lived in. But now, somebody said it the best, you know, he said, thank God there's cell phones and nobody will believe this shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's like uh, when I was telling you I was celebrating Juneteenth, uh, the cops got called on me <laughs> for the fireworks. The cop, he was, he was cool. He was a cool cop. He was like, okay, man, you know, I just need you to stop for tonight. And if you want to, you know, start up again tomorrow, that's a, that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. And at first I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, whatever. I may, I, tomorrow I'll just wake up. You know, as soon as nightfall hits, I'll just get back to it, right? And I thought about it and I was like, that's low-key a setup. <laughs> because 
shit, if the cops get caught on me again, I'm not going to get the same cop that just came to me. No. <laughs> so they're not going to treat me the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, Fuck. Plus, they'll already know that I've already had one complaint, and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to run that risk. <laughs> like we still move very carefully, and the younger generation that's out there doing a lot of the protesting, I'm very afraid for them simply because I know that there's crooked people in the world who've been waiting on a chance to capitalize on this, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I can't tell them not to do it because they have to figure out how to do it, and they'll do some things better than others. And it's been a real, it's been a real time to real, to really see all this stuff and just seeing the world change. Cause once I realized people overseas started protesting because of it, mm-hmm. that's when things really got real to me. Cause over here, people, people ask me every now and then like, Oh, how do you feel about this? I'm, it's such a weird feeling that people are paying attention now. Right. Like the Confederate flag well, being taken down in Mississippi as the state flag. Bruh, I put this all my life. I never thought that shit would happen. <laughs> never. I never thought any never thought anything Confederate would be taken down, man. Nah. But and we never agreed to it. We never said it was okay. We just kinda like took that as a loss. Like, okay, yeah, we're just gonna put this guy on high street who tried to divide the country and its ideals so they could keep slaves and all the people who used to pop that shit like in 2015 whenever we would talk about why the confederacy was so bad Uh none of them are saying shit no more now all of a sudden they had the epiphany of oh well we we can understand that now really bro really see See that whole Confederate flag, like all that shit, the whole Confederacy shit, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's my heritage, you know, you're taking away my heritage, all that bullshit. That shit lasted for you four go years. To fucking, go to Germany, bro. Like, they have Auschwitz, like, Holocaust museums and shit, but they're not tailored to the fucking Nazis. They're tailored to the prisoners of the fucking, uh, of the Holocaust. Like, nobody in Germany is flying a Nazi flag out of fucking their heritage, bro. Like, nobody's doing that. And if they are, definitely getting checked, 100%. Yeah, and everybody that tries to pull up the argument of uh, it's just a symbol, a symbol shouldn't mean that much. And if you want to use that example, and it's like the Confederacy and Nazi and Nazis in symbolism are so easily tied together, I would always rebut it. Okay, if symbolism doesn't matter, then why don't more Buddhists walk around with swastikas? I ain't gonna hold you. Um, I have, I have a swastika. I have a couple of swastikas on my chest, <laughs> but they are not, you know, they're not German based. They're uh, Japanese or Korean based. Yeah, the and, actual symbol originated in Asia. Mm-hmm. And they 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 mean hope. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and- it was funny. It was funny because I was getting my tattoo. Uh, and the swastikas they're really small. They're like intricate designs in the background of my tattoo, but I was getting my tattoo in North Carolina. This real country ass dude, man. Real country ass white dude. He was like, You know you got a couple swastikas in your chest, right? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. Was like, you still want me to do this? I was like, Yeah, man, I got it. It's all good. <laughs> and you ha and even you understand, like, if people do see it, you're gonna get a couple of questions. But at the same time, 
you're part Asian. That is a part of your culture. And unfortunately, Hitler fucked it up. He was the best shittiest leader that has ever existed. Yeah. Simply because he was able to take in the the Buddhist symbol of peace seems like one of the happiest things. It's like you can't fuck that up, right? That just seems like one of those things. Like if you told if you just put on a monitor, can a Buddhist symbol of peace ever be taken out of context? Most people are gonna look at that and be like, I, I don't see how. And you just put up a swastika. It's like, oh, yeah. Yes, it can. Like it. Like, that's how much a symbol could change how the narrative of anything could be. And honestly, the symbol of a Confederate flag, its narrative wasn't really all that different from what its intent was supposed to be. It -hmm. came from the Confederacy. It wasn't a flag that just popped up on somebody's front yard because they colored it that way. It was meant to symbolize the Confederacy. It wasn't the official Confederate flag. It wasn't a derivative of it, but it was just one of them that was popularized. And what lies behind the Confederacy isn't like it, it. It doesn't even have the same weight of what people try to compare it to. Of like my my great great grandfather fought in that war. It was a four year long war. So most people have longer careers than the Confederacy existed. Right. And its purpose was to literally just split people apart and keep slaves around for either voting purposes for labor purposes or for racist purposes or all three it wasn't a good thing but just un- like and we still have to deal with those kind of people in the military who have strong ties to that and unfortunately uh-huh. the military it's hard to get some it's hard to prove somebody's a racist right unless they just outright do something that's racist it's hard to prove they're a racist and it's hard. And that's what a lot of black people come across when we do come across cops that are mm-hmm. that, that lean that way, that the way you're treating me is because you're either scared that I'm a black person or you have a power problem. You don't know how to talk to people. And no. there's still people in the military that act like that. Let me ask you this. Can black people be racist? Uh, technically, no. But and there's something I do want to split apart from that is racist isn't the worst thing when it comes to hateful actions because you can go over to the Middle East and the shit they're doing over there to each other and they're all the same race is way worse than mm-hmm. the shit that we're doing over here. So I want to get people's mindset out of wanting to put a word behind somebody because we feel it has power. Black people technically can't be racist because race to be racist, you have to come from a place with power to make a ethical change. You're like you have it has to be ethically driven, but the person who's driving it has to have some type of power. Black people are thirteen really? percent of America. We yeah, like the actual I could I'ma just look up the actual definite and a lot of people hate it when people do this, but words do matter. Words do matter. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like, so like, I don't think racism is just like a black and white issue. Like, cause man, let me tell you, I like going to Thailand, going to Korea, uh, South Korea, obviously, um, Japan or whatnot, man. Or Philippines too. Like me, like growing up, going to the Philippines, visiting there when I was younger. Yeah. Um, 
racism is really like prevalent around the whole world, yeah. man. Because like even in Jamaica and shit, everybody that's darker, they're either bleaching their skin or like, you know, like not being accepted by everybody else that's lighter. <clears throat> and vice versa. Yeah. Like Cuban people, Hispanic people, man, they're not they're not claiming that they're black, but they look just as they're fucking darker than me, you yeah. Know? People are gonna find division in everything. No matter what it is, whether it's clad like at Lovejoy they made the uniform so bullying wasn't as much of a thing. So what did we do? If you didn't have a Ralph Lauren polo shirt on, you were lesser than. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if you if you weren't wearing Jordans, because we all wore blue polo shirts and khaki pants, but you could wear whatever shoes you wanted to wear as long as they were close toed shoes. If you weren't wearing the newest retros or if you weren't wearing this or wearing that, like everybody's going to find a way to make a divide in the people. And the definition of racism is uh, prejudice, discrimination or antagonism directed towards a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial group or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. So by definition, White people, well, black people can't be racist towards white people simply because they're 76%, we're 13%. The marginalized group is us. Like, black people can't be racist towards white people. We could be racist towards Asian Americans because they're a minority in America. Because we're like, oh, you guys, if, so it's kind of like that leaning, That that's where I kind of lean towards the idea of can black people be racist? No, but we could be very hateful. We could be prejudiced. And in some circumstances, those are going to be worse than racism, because yeah, I mean, I guess I guess there's a really like a real fine line there. I don't know because prejudice and racism they're like pretty close together. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that that's a that's a very there's a gray line there. You know, there's a whole yeah. gray area there. So it, it, it's a real I, gray line. In some instances, I do feel like black people can be very racist. You know what I'm saying? But I also empathize with why they say these things. Yeah, like... Uh, because you can't necessarily empathize with somebody of European descent saying that they would love to keep the Confederate flag because it's their heritage, knowing that they literally just fought for that flag just to keep slaves. Just to keep another human being enslaved. Yeah, and they could say how they think we're misconstruing it, but we could just take the definition of the person who began the Confederacy or a lot of Confederate generals and they'll put it out as simple as the English language is that we want to keep these slaves, you know, paraphrasing. But um, when it comes to hate and division, I, I think that I don't think black people could be racist because a lot of their mindsets are taught by other black people who went through a worse situation than us. Because right now is actually the best time for black people in America. As crooked as that sounds, simply because mm-hmm. before it was legal to do this and more. It was legal for them to hose us down. Legal for them to separate us. The Jim Crow laws were not, were literally made to keep us in our place. And yes. then after that, when Jim Crow was over, there were more laws that helped you know, government groups still systematically hold down or have a bias in different ways. Mm-hmm. And our parents teaching us from that, of course, we're just going to be a bloodline over time that we just don't trust a lot of white people. And we have to really go through a, 
our parents, we have to go through a couple of good generations in order for us not to have that bias. And the, and you see it in a lot of our elders that a lot of older white people generally just don't really care for white people. They had to grow out of that, like in their older years by their kids, just because they see mm-hmm. things are changing over time. But if it wasn't for us being a minority and being oppressed in the first place, I don't think most of the issues that we have today or with the black people who hate white people today would exist. It would just be more, it would be a different form of hate pretty much. If hate did exist and we were on equal grounds, it's just going to evolve into a different kind. Like in China, they're out there rioting for their own freedom. And China's a very like one population kind of place. If you go to the most places in the Middle East, they're, they'll argue over what type of Muslim are you? What type of Christian are you? Which one are you? And you could be the exact same skin color. Hate doesn't give a fuck about definitions. It's just going to mold its way into whatever mold it fits best. So, and I don't think that racism is necessarily the worst kind of hate. Most of the wars that are still raging throughout history, that are still going right now, are because of religion. Religion is a really strong influencer of a lot of the wars that we go through, especially through history. And it still affects us to this day. And that's that's just a fucked up reality that this hurdle that we I think we're going to get over sooner than I thought after this hurdle there's still a lot of hate because there's still a lot of more problems that exist but oh yeah uh this is a bigger see, one we're the not biggest thing, the biggest thing that I'd like to see is like you know everybody's so focused on the bigger picture right now at this point in time like you always need to focus on the bigger picture or whatnot that's cool but everybody's so focused on so many different things, you know, it's just like, boom, social injustices, police reform, uh, racism, Karens. It's just so many different things that need to be changed. Like, if everybody could kind of just sit back and focus on one thing at a time, I feel like this whole process would go a lot quicker. Like, there would be pushback no matter what, but if we're focused on one thing, Nobody's ever gonna. Nobody's gonna come back. Well, what about this? What about that? You know what I'm saying? So right now, like everybody's just arguing about nothing, and like things are getting done, but it, I feel like it could get done at a much quicker pace. Yeah, with the power that we have now, and it's not really power; it's just our opportunity to speak. A lot of it's being wasted on us being angry about everything, like getting random TV shows canceled. Ultimately, a lot of them are TV shows nobody was watching in the first place, so that doesn't do. Yeah, like too what the much. fuck is that gonna do? Like it, it does. It doesn't do enough. It doesn't do too much. It's not really a win to me. Yeah, like I, I was reading that uh, certain realtors were gonna stop calling the master bedroom the master bedroom. <laughs> but like, Bro, what? And then like, then John Legend like pointed out he was like, yo, like master bedroom like taking out the master and master bedroom isn't gonna really fucking do anything what you need to do is start showing the black people that qualify for more and better housing yeah. what they actually qualify yeah for. like what does our credit actually get us don't offer me this incredible house that is gonna fuck me in the next five years don't just revert a fucking master bedroom to just another bedroom just fucking tell me that i can get a bigger master bedroom and you just show me <laughs> That's so, yeah, everybody's playing around with these ticky tack words, and 
words have power, but the power that we're giving them is in such a weird way. Like just there's there's more productive battles that could be fought. There's mostly I wish that people would take their focus towards a lot of legislation that exists because a lot of the legislation is public is for public mm-hmm. view. And that's where most of the problems stem from. Like, I don't care if somebody down the street is racist. I'm not going to sit here and try to cancel Karen for what she said at the park the other day because eventually she's just going to get another job. If you change the system that these people act in in the first place, it's going to mold how the economy acts. For instance, over Mm -hmm. here in the UK, uh, police don't really pull people over in the UK for the most part. They don't do traffic enforcement unless you're just like really speeding. They're not going to pull you over for any small things. Instead, they have CCTV cameras everywhere. And see, that doesn't sound intimidating until you get three tickets because you on the same drive, you blew through five of them going 15 over. And each one tickets you individually. And it just ends up in your mailbox one day. And they tell you if you don't pay this within this time, it's just going to keep compounding. And if it compounds to this point... Uh, we'll send out state agents that have to come arrest you, take you to court, blah, blah, blah. So it, it's a different way of mediating people because it's just like, look, we're going to filter you all into this way of thinking. So now I don't really speed that much. I barely speed at all. It has to, I have to know where the cameras are. And for the most part, the cameras are like five miles apart from each other. So you can never go too long without being seen by one. And that's the kind of focus I wish people would have is a more consolidated. Whoa, hold on, hold on. You're in, you're in the UK, so they're five, what, 3.4 kilometers away from each other, not five. <laughs> we, surprisingly, the UK <laughs> does miles. They don't do really? yes, all the sign. It's weird because they use the metric and imperial system. For driving, they use imperial. For like... If I were to throw a ball and ask a British guy how far did I throw that ball, they'll use the imperial system. Or they'll, yeah, well, no, they'll use the metric system. So they'll say like three or four meters. But if I ask them uh-huh. how far is my house from yours, they're going to tell me six miles. What? That's not seizure inducing at all. <laughs> it, it, it's super confusing. Like, I would, like, how tall am I? They would count it in centimeters. I'll count it in feet and inches. It's, it's, it's weird, but. Thankfully, when you drive, it's all miles. It, but the British mile and the uh, in the U.S. mile are different. Mm. It's, all right. So here, here, let me ask you this other question. Juneteenth, right? You know what the whole you know what Juneteenth's about. I'm sure everybody knows yeah. now since um, Juneteenth has been around for a while, but this year, for some reason, it's been brought to like light, light. Yeah. Um, knowing what Juneteenth's about. Do you still celebrate July Fourth? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't celebrate it for the reasons everybody else celebrates it. It's more just a time of commuting. It's the same reason why, if I was I was uh kind of ish like close to a relationship with a Muslim girl for a while. Me and her are still cool. It could still mm-hmm. possibly happen, but distances kind of kill things. And the question came: If we have kids would you want them to celebrate like what for religious purposes if they end up being muslim instead of christian would you still want them to celebrate christmas and i would tell them yeah you don't have to celebrate it for the same reasons i celebrate christmas but it's more of a time of coming together having time off and just being with people 
So if they want right. to, if my kids want to celebrate Kwanzaa one year, cool, let's celebrate Kwanzaa. If they want to celebrate the Chinese New Year for some reason, cool, let's celebrate the Chinese New Year. Like it's all just about the, but that's that's where I come from with celebrations. Most celebrations, I like holiday celebrations don't really mean much to me from what their actual symbolism is. Like Thanksgiving, I don't care for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving's like actual symbolism. I just like the time that people come together and get to mingle and right. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I, I'll still celebrate, you know, July the 4th. Now that everybody's cool with our Juneteenth, their, you know, independence day, whatever. Oh man. You know what? I don't think everybody's cool with our Juneteenth because, no. <laughs> uh, you know, I was telling you that I just got done talking about me getting the cops calling me on Juneteenth for celebrating Juneteenth. Fireworks. Yeah. Uh, Saturday? Was it Saturday? Saturday. My neighbor across the street from me, he was shooting fireworks. <laughs> right? I was shooting fireworks from, I'd say, 9 to 10 o'clock. Right? That was the time frame that I was shooting fireworks. And I wasn't shooting anything crazy. I was shooting Roman candles and bottle rockets. Right? Yeah. And the cops were called on me. Um, my neighbor was shooting mortars, <laughs> bottle rockets, fucking Roman candles and shit like that. M80s, just lighting them off and shit like that. Up until midnight. Guess what occupations did not come down the street? <laughs> uh, the, the fucking uh, cops. And I, don't, I didn't know. At first, I was like, I was really mad. I wasn't mad at him shooting fireworks. I was mad at the fact that he was shooting fireworks that were way louder than what the fuck I was shooting. And way later than when I was shooting. And nobody seemed to give a fuck about it. But me shooting fireworks on Juneteenth, and I'm pretty sure, because I live in a neighborhood that's all white. Um, everybody's over the age of 50 for the most part. And they're retired. So they do nothing but watch the news. That's, <laughs> that's a given. So they knew that that Friday was Juneteenth, you know? So I don't like to assume things, but I feel like those those stars aligned to where they knew I was celebrating Juneteenth and they knew that I was black, so that's why they kind of, that was kind of their protest to everybody protesting, you know? Yeah, they just wanted to be a little petty, squash everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's still going to be a thing, and I don't think that's really going to go away that fast. It's, especially now, there's going to be a lot of salty Confederates. It's going to be a lot. Shit, just getting rid of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events. People were bugging out about that, doing whole, like, we're going to do a Confederate flag parade. And the funny thing is, everybody that is cool with the Confederate flag, that, like, is that much of an advocate for it, I never envy them. If you actually see them, they're <laughs> always fat, obese. Uh, their yeah. health isn't exactly their first priority. They're all poor, poor, driving old, beat-up trucks, screaming, yeah, rise to the Confederacy. It's just like, okay. (laughs) I don't envy them at all, because I'm like, you are sitting here caring that much about about a flag. One dude asked me, how would you feel if somebody was burning a Black Lives Matter flag? I was like, I wouldn't care. Feel free. yeah we don't we don't have as much of an infatuation with a flag we actually care more about the people that the flag represents so if you want to burn the flag i don't care 
because the people are still good. Now, if you attack a black person for whatever racial racial reason you may attack them, or if you attack them in general, then I'm gonna have a problem. Then I'm then yeah. is where the problem starts. But if you want to burn a flag, that that that's just arson to a small level. So. Yeah, this shit ain't gonna do nothing to me, man. You ain't stopping my page. Not at burn all. That what else you want to burn? <laughs> as long as it ain't none of my stuff, I don't care what you burn. Right. And as soon as you start touching something that affects my life, that's when the problems start. That's something I think people... I wish people's <laughs> love for flags would kind of just, you know, chill out for a little bit. The people I've seen ride hard the most for the Confederate flag have always been people who live nowhere near the South. Though. But they'll tell who you about nowhere... the South. Yeah. Like, I was in Montana one day. I think I was moving across country from Washington State to here, Ohio. I was in Montana, <laughs> which is nowhere near the fucking South. I don't even think at that time the uh, Civil War was going on. I don't even think Montana was an actual state in America. Um, it might have been. It probably was quote me on that but like these dudes had confederate flag jackets on <laughs> fucking confederate flags on the back of their ford ranger <laughs> like they were going hard and i'm like yo y'all probably never touched the south in your life you probably never gone below the mason dixon line at all why are you riding so hard for some shit you know nothing about they just want that feeling of wanting to belong somewhere there's not that much character in the north like what does salem have the witch trials like there's not it's just kind of boring after you get too far up but that that's just coming <laughs> from my southern bias like I, I think the south is great i think atlanta's great i think a lot of stuff a lot of the places people want to go are on the east coast everybody wants to go to miami everybody wants to go to universal they want to go to six flags they want to go to the sporting events and the East Coast just has it's a one stop shop, which is why most Europeans don't make it past the East Coast, unless they or if they do go anywhere else, they go to California because that's I guess the nostalgia place. I love California. I hate the people. yeah. I hate I hated I the people. California. Hated the people. They were they were snobby, but very fucking snobby. That, cultural like, differences. Oh my god. <laughs> They really but, had some uppity stuff, but yeah, people. Oh, change is gonna happen slowly in the world, man. It's luckily this was one of the big hurdles. I hate that it took this many people to get shot and killed by people who are supposed to protect and enforce law. But people are still getting shot and killed, man. Yeah, that's not gonna slow down anytime soon until these legal changes happen in all these states some states are changing stuff like colorado changed their legislation when it comes to actually i think colorado made it possible for police to actually be sued if they break their use of force regulations up to twenty five thousand dollars really yeah i seen that i think they changed that yesterday or the day before uh, the mayor signed that right. over and that is the best incentive for a cop to do his job and a lot of them are oh well we should be able to have you know a certain level of protection because you know we don't want to have to work in fear all you have to do is not break the law do your job that's it that's it just don't break the law oh well i want to be able to go home every night get a different job 
I don't get deployed and go to Africa, accidentally shoot a kid that wasn't doing anything. And I said, oh, I thought he was a part of the Boko Haram. I just wanted to go home. No, right. I'm going to jail. I'm going, I'm going to Leavenworth. I'm going to get screwed. I'm a felon. My life is completely ruined. Like the standards of the military are apparently too high for their police departments to abide by. And so yeah. Joe Biden was talking about uh, for his um, run for presidency is enacting legislation where either police departments accepted federal use of force standards and their consequences, mm-hmm. or if they don't, which they freely can do, they're not going to get federal funding, which I think is a great idea because if like it's if federal use of force standards aren't very complicated. And I get from state to state it's going to be a little different having to enforce things but at this point you guys have used all your coins you kind of fucked up enough times we don't really have that much benefit of the doubt for you anymore so uh-huh. rigid lines are going to have to be set until you get your shit together or until we find a better system of vetting cops in the first place because a lot of cops they just keep bouncing around from place to place until they pick up a job even if they have a history of mental health issues or if they've ne- or the most they have is a high school diploma, like we give the most responsibility to the people with the least amount of education, and that just baffles me to a point. It would make sense if they had similar training that the military had because our training isn't even complicated or expensive for the most part. Not at all. It, Not it's at just all. consistent. Yeah, we always have to do training, and if we see anything, we fix it. If somebody doesn't fit the mold, eventually through, you know, the documentation process, we get them out. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. There's going to be somebody else who's going to apply for this job. It's just who do we not need here? That's easier to find out because now, like, I'm pre- a lot of these cops have complaints on them, too, that the police department just ignores. Ignores me. I don't see how that's a thing, man. Because nobody's overseeing the police department saying, hey, why does this guy have 14 complaints and he's still doing police work? Nobody's nobody's <laughs> apparently doing that. So I think the federal government I think the federal government should have been policing the police. But you know, they had to find a way to legally make it happen and you know, turning a blind eye is the way they did it for a long time, but now that cell phones yep. are everywhere, turning a blind eye ain't possible no more. Yeah, not too possible, man. A lot of people are getting getting active nowadays, which is a good thing. So, yeah, keep fighting the good fight, you know. Yeah, fight the good fight. Aim your aim your you know actions towards a goal. Don't just do random shit like cancel TV shows. <laughs> that is. No. It doesn't really do anything. Gone with the wind being gone with the wind. I was just like, I've never seen it before, and I never wanted to see it. Not for any specific reason. I just didn't care to ever watch it. And now that it's, you know, off air, I'm just like, okay, well, I'll just continue with my life as normal, I guess. Does that mean they'll cancel the color program? Yo, yo, they would be. What about uh, Roots? People would be heated if they came to Roots. Roots was brutal. That. How do you feel about the making that movie called uh, Cracker, which is basically uh, an iteration of if black people were the slave owners? I don't care for it. I don't. I don't think it. 
I don't think it's a good look. Yeah, I don't. Personally. I don't really see the. I don't think it's going to convey the message that they want it to convey very well. Um, I understand why somebody feels it's important to try to make it. I mean, a lot of movies come out that I don't care about, but I'm never the per. I don't like for one, I don't like victim mentality. Even though black people have gone through a lot, I see more on the I'm going to achieve this side of things instead of the you know pity party me. And so you look at it as a as a step back more than a step yeah, because it's not going to solve. I don't I don't see I don't see what it's gonna what it's gonna solve. It's just like there's plenty of movies and there's plenty of documentation that illustrate the injustices that happen about black people. You could just get on Facebook and see it, but making an entire movie of it, it's just gonna please some black people who've gone through a lot of pain to see others in pain. That's the most it's gonna do to me. Yeah, and I get why some people need that to help comfort them, but for myself, I don't care about seeing other people hurt. I want people to change, and you know, saying, "Oh, well, what if we were in this situation and black people were the majority?" That doesn't solve anything. It's still it doesn't solve it's still it's still the same level of hate. So, our current story is actually something that should be put on TV. That Black Americans have put up with so much and been able to change so much. Meanwhile, the rest of the world hasn't even caught up to what we've done and mm-hmm. now we're kind of like the focus of a lot of things that happen and we have the most potential to grow just because of how things are set up it's so diverse it's 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 a benefit but there's still a lot of fights we have to go through so i'm not going to sit here and try to make a bunch of tv shows of what if the shoe was on the other foot unless it's going to uh-huh. be how we treat things now and apply it to back then because all their idea is, is black people were the slave owners when originally we were in Africa. That's just how it's like slavery in general back then was so common. Yeah. I mean, you gotta look at Egypt, how Egypt worked. Yeah. Like, like that, e- Egyptians were trading Egyptians today. There's still slaves in the world, by the way, today, guys, like if you go to the, oh, if you bro, go to the middle yeah. East, like in most military people see it the most, the places we go, there are still very much slaves who get their identification taken oh, yeah, from them yeah. by the government, say they're not going to get it back until they do X amount of work. Like, slaves still exist. It. Yeah, man. It's, it, I was going to say, right before I got out, um, we were in the South China Sea, somewhere around there, um, and we were boarding, like, we were patrolling the waters kind of trying to like look for pirate ships or drugs and some some stuff like that and um i remember we, we would go to one boat and i think it was like the only boat i ever went to like to go check out and there were a bunch of chinese dudes and there they would like mine the sea floor for certain things like they would send a diver down to like grab like i forget what they were like mining for or if it was a metal or some shit like that yeah. But normal in normal situations, you have like a whole SCBA shit like that, and you actually dive down there, right? What these guys were doing, they were they weren't hiring people; they were forcing people to dive to the ocean floor. And the only thing that they had to breathe with was an air compressor on the boat and a hose <laughs> that that ran all the way down to the ocean floor. No mask, no nothing. And uh, 
I was like, yo, that's wild. Because these dudes weren't getting paid at all. And they were being forced to do this shit. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's still so many issues with the world, how far America's come. I'm extremely proud of all my ancestors and everything that they've done to from 1619 to 2020. We're one of the youngest, most developed nations in the world. And the fact that a minority as small as 13% was able to make any change throughout history. But the fact that we were never thought of when this country started and now our voice shakes the entire world because every other black person understands the slave trade just wasn't in America. The first 20 slaves that landed in Virginia were actually taken from a Spanish slave ship. So we were mm-hmm. actually, it was just a freak kind of like intervention that happened to where we diverted from Central America to Virginia. But the fact that we were able to do this and just our, you know, counterparts that are in Central America, Venezuela is fighting over a lot. Like most of them are still fighting for a lot of the freedoms that we accomplished, you know, 60 to 70 years ago. And, you know, it, and the country was started off of rebels in the first place. So that kind of mindset of wanting change and knowing that other people's change isn't the same as yours, but knowing how to like kind of do that. It was like a weird mix of people that managed to get us this far. And I think we're going to keep growing. But movies like, you know, coming out with something like Cracker, like I'm not going to watch it. I might might read a review or two just to see like, if maybe the message was a little bit different from what I think it is, but that's not a very productive thing for me, but it's entertainment and ultimately entertainment doesn't have to be to my liking. So it is what it is, I guess. It is what it is. All right. Um, anything, anything you want to talk like about to kind of finish this up? I think my kids are getting a little restless upstairs. <laughs> uh, dang. Word. Cool. So, that's it. That concludes another episode of the Culture Bros Podcast. I appreciate you. This is what it sound like when we roll in the hostel open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they can't, they say they can't tell me what they smoking. Making waves, making waves, making real commotion. This is what it sound like when we rollin' our eyes still open. All these people, all these drugs that could.